Welcome to the Native Diamond Podcast. Oh, shit! What you waiting for? Please don't forget to like, like the, video, the video, hit subscribe, ring the bell. That way you're notified every time I drop a new episode of Native, Native Diamond, Diamond Podcast. Podcast. What's going on, my dudes? Seth Mick here. This is Native Diamond Podcast. And today I have a very special guest. I have David Kelly from the band Tethra out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. What's up, guys? How you doing? Thanks for having <laughs> me on, Seth. I really appreciate it. That's right. We're from Pittsburgh, where it is finally starting to get a little sunny. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while, huh? Yes, it has, especially being trapped at home. Thank you so much for being on the show. I start off every episode with some icebreaker questions. They're 25 quick ones. Just say the first thing that comes to mind. Name something that will never get old to you. Any niche within metal. I'm like always experimenting and learning new niches within metal. I think that is interesting because it kind of impacts like how I look at writing. Mm -hmm. And I think that that always makes writing in the future a different process. Kill switch or as I lay dying. Oh my gosh. Old kill switch which knew Asley Dying. Song, you know all the lyrics to. The first one coming to mind is an Asley Dying song because we were just talking about them, The Sound mm -hmm. of Truth. Sick Breakdown or Sick Solo? Old me would say Sick Solo, new me says Sick Breakdown. Sorry to CJ. That's our guitarist. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, you got to say what you got to say, man. <laughs> That's right. Your favorite Nickelback song? <laughs> Side of a Bullet. Because it's kind of heavy. Nice. I think that's the name of it. Yeah. Taking Back Sunday or Hawthorne Heights? Taking Back Sunday. Say you're a superhero. What's your superpower? I would definitely would like to fly for sure. <laughs> I oh, think yeah. that's the best one. Yeah. You just get everywhere quicker. You can do more. I think flying would be it. Finish the lyrics. Okay. And oh if, you don't, if you don't get it, fuck it. No worries. So you can throw me to the wolves. Tomorrow I will come back blank. Oh, yeah. That's the uh, Bring Me the Horizon. Leader of the whole pack. Nice. Good shit, dude. <laughs> I was like, I, I didn't want to do too I like had to sing a... it in my head. I'm like, wait. <laughs> like, I know the song. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. I love that song. Best video game franchise. Well, you know what's weird is I didn't play any video games for a long time. I, uh, since like I was in high school. I'm 26 now. And then once this quarantine hit, I went out and bought an Xbox again. And I've been playing a lot of uh, Warzone and a lot of NHL. I'm a big sucker for NHL. This is really going to piss off gaming nerds and stuff because I'm not one. But I, I love, like, the Call of Duty franchises. I mean, I didn't play a lot of the games in between, like, Black Ops 2 and now. I would have to say that. Why not? That's it's always fun, you <laughs> it's know? It's a good choice. It's a crowd pleaser. Exactly right. Hell yeah. <laughs> Who would win in a fight? Franz or Ronnie Radke? I mean, Ronnie Radke's been to prison, so I'm going to have to go with him. <laughs> <laughs> acdc or megadeth both are equally cheesy uh right <laughs> i i like the megadeth riffs better mm -hmm. personally yeah I, I had a phase where i was like real into them so uh megadeth tony hawk or bam margera <sighs> tony hawk the terminator or kindergarten cop terminator of course i'm a schwarzenegger guy come on <laughs> <laughs> circle pit or wall of death I mean, walls of death are awesome to look at, but they are just injury riddled messes. I would say circle pit. It's getting really bad. There's a lot of fatalities and casualties. Oh, I know. That's what I'm saying. That's just Ugh. not good. Especially mm -hmm. really big, really big festivals and stuff like that. That stuff's just super dangerous. Knocked loose or hate breed? Knocked loose. Ice nine or every time I die? Uh, Ice nine for sure. Warp tour or Ozfest? When Ozfest was like really, really good, Ozfest. Describe the best day ever. I'm a little 
different than a typical musician, I would say. So mm-hmm. I'm into bodybuilding and um, like self-improvement stuff a lot. So mm-hmm. typically, a really good day for me would be waking up, making coffee, <laughs> reading a, a good book that I'm, I'm reading, meditating after that, eating breakfast, meal one of six, of course, for bodybuilding. <laughs> and then going throughout my day, like whatever it is, like I actually work for myself. So I, I do digital marketing stuff outside of the band. So mm-hmm. doing that stuff, taking care of that stuff, then going to work out, of course, during all this, listening to music, listening to some really heavy shit while I'm working out. And then after that, coming home. And if it's a great day and it's a great time, then we're probably working on writing a new single or song or something. So working on some lyrics or vocal parts and then playing, like just relaxing, like playing like Warzone or something like that. Right before I go to bed, I've been trying to, especially during this coronavirus time, like focus on things I'm grateful for more. So Mm -hmm. reflecting on that stuff and then going to bed and getting eight hours of sleep. But if I can hang out with my friends or see my bandmates or my girlfriend or anything like that, then that also is a great day as well. Lisa Simpson or Tina Belcher? Yeah, hey, uh, I'm going to go with Tina, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Final Fantasy or Legend of Zelda? Zelda. What's something everyone loves, but you seem to hate? Country music. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you on that. Oh, hell yeah. Low gutturals or high screaming? High screaming. Circa Survive or let's okay. just say My Chemical Romance? My Chemical Romance. Most annoying band ever. Five Figure Death Punch. And although I did go through a really good, a really big phase with them. And I'm ashamed to admit that, but I would say probably them. No, nah, that's cool, man. I have some shit that I'm ashamed of. And the reason I'm actually going to say that is because of a reason I got turned off of them. I saw them live during a festival and their set got cut short because it rained and like they had to like, you know, delay the thing a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Ivan, the vocalist, actually took a chair and smashed it on stage and threw it into the crowd. So Holy shit. Yeah, I lost a little <laughs> bit of respect for him after that. So I shouldn't really blame it on the band, but that's just kind of childish. Yeah, you know? I understand that. Last question. It's like a <laughs> Mary kill circumstance. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, your three options are Shakira, Ivanka Trump, or Cardi B. If you're smart and you're trying to like get ahead in life, you're going to marry Ivanka, even if you can't stand the Trump family. I'm going to piss a lot of people off and I do not like the Trump family, but I'm going to say I'm going to marry her uh-huh. just to play the inside game, you know, get in there and change some things. <clears throat> Cardi B is interesting in a lot of ways, but I'm sorry, she's she's getting axed. And then Shakira <laughs> is the last. She's the one that's getting it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for playing my icebreaker questions. I really appreciate it. No problem. <laughs> so now you feel warmed up. Oh, hell yeah. What have you been up to lately, man? This whole quarantine thing. At the beginning of the quarantine, I was trying to like fool myself in a lot of ways. Like, oh, let's try to stay positive and optimistic and stuff. And like, it's funny because I started out like that and then I dipped pretty far down and just was like, well, what the hell am I going to do? You know, like, so like I said, for a job, I I do digital marketing. All my clients dropped me. So I had to apply for unemployment, you know, because obviously they can't pay people because they don't, they're not open. I bought an Xbox, like I said, started playing that a lot. And then I had like a interesting realization and I think it directly actually applies to a lot of stuff we can talk about. I had an aim, like since I was like a little kid to want to help other people. And I think music is probably the best way to really touch people, particularly metal Mm -hmm. that are struggling a lot, you know, mentally and with a lot of just emotional issues and things like that. And, you know, I've gone through them myself. I I was kind of going through something for the past six months before coronavirus actually started. You know, I just kind of realized like, man, I kind of was drifting from doing that. I think by taking a step back and having like all this free time, I was able to like have that realization and realize that I was kind of drifting from my overall mission, not not just with music, but just in, in general in my life. That kind of helped me to reframe things. And we've been working on three singles that we're going, we were supposed to go to the studio actually in April. Obviously that couldn't happen. So we're going mm-hmm. now in July, fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. And it kind of reframed how I was looking at writing lyrics 
and what I want the overall, you know, mission of Tethra or anything that I do with my life in general to be. So that kind of like snapped me out of a, like, I would say six month depression that I was having. I don't want to like overstate how depressed I was because I know a lot of people that are like extremely depressed. A lot of people that are close to me. So I wasn't like necessarily like really, really depressed. I was just kind of not myself, you know, right. like yeah, every yeah. time when you feel like you're not yourself. And I think this whole thing has given me the chance to kind of realize like who I am, what I want to do with my life and the kind of impact I want my music or anything that I'm involved with to have. And that's always going to be trying to give value to other people's lives. And I think, like I said, the people that need it most tend to flock to metal for whatever reason that is. And that's why I got into it in the first place. Outside of just loving the music, that's why I became a vocalist. That's, I mean, I was a guitarist, but I chose the route of being a vocalist because I really wanted to be able to take you know, things that have happened to me or things that I've had experiences with and, and share that as like my medicine towards other people. And because music's done that to me, I wanted to be able to give that experience to other people. Something that's not really related to this, but I'm, I'm working on a book, writing a book actually, just kind of using all of this time that I have now as best as I can. I mean, there's only so much we can do right now. So that's essentially what I've kind of been doing. I'm glad that you mentioned, you know, mental issues, mental health issues. Um, I'm Definitely. a big yeah. proponent for awareness and stuff like that on the show prevention. And I actually donated an episode to the suicide prevention hotline. Awesome. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, it's very important within our community. I think, you know, a lot of people come from broken homes, families, uh, terrible yeah. situations. And, you know, they relate to your music. So do you find yourself mainly writing about mental awareness? So we had a previous band before before this, actually, some of us called Unparalleled Height. And we had that for about uh, seven years, actually. So like from the time wow. I was 17 until about two-ish years ago, year ago, maybe. And I found myself in that band writing a lot about that stuff, right? So the only music that we've put out to this day in under Tethra, we have a, a debut album and then two covers. And I'd say in the album, now that I'm thinking about it, like our most popular song, Masochistic Healing, is about that. This is going to sound weird because of what I was just explaining, but I think in the case of some people, not like there is a difference between having like legit mental issues where you have either biological or physiological like problems with producing serotonin or, or whatever it may be. And some people, I think, self-impose themselves into way of being. They realize that they're inside of like this cage or this prison, so to speak, mm -hmm. and that they're the only person that's going to like pull them out of it. And no matter how you got there, whether it was, you know, some sort of external event or events, maybe like a biological problem, like I was saying, or something like that, that song is about unlocking and seeing that you can get yourself out of it. Only you like, you know, if you're going to a therapist or you're taking medication, like those are things that can help aid you, but you still have to do the legwork to get yourself out of that. And that's only you yourself can do that. You need the support of your friends, your family, you know, your therapist, whoever, whoever is supporting you. That song very much is about just kind of becoming aware of the fact of that, right? Yeah, yeah. And mm -hmm. accepting that, you know, maybe I do have these problems. I have them, right? Like they're my problems and I have to work on fixing them. There's more in that song than that. Like, I don't want it to, to make, like, I hope that doesn't sound like I'm making light of those kind of problems. More like of a realization. I think that a lot of people, if they just kind of had that mentality, they, they would find themselves like better coming out of those situations or, or working with it. Because I realize for some people, it's a lifelong uh, pursuit and, and a constant battle. So I do find myself, yeah, writing about that stuff pretty frequently. That's awesome that, you know, you're 
self-aware. I think that's a huge part of it. I mean, I can totally relate to that. I kind of self-induced myself into depression because, you know, sometimes I'll drink. I mean, I'm pretty transparent. I'm not going to lie, you know? Yeah. And um, so I'll drink and then I'm like, man, I feel like way worse. And I think being self-aware and like knowing that you fall victim to that is like, okay, maybe I shouldn't drink the alcohol. Maybe I shouldn't do these things that kind of put me in that state in the first place, you know? You know, it's funny because like, you know, being in bodybuilding and stuff like I, I don't drink that often, but mm-hmm. I actually did this past Friday. <laughs> I, yeah. was just playing, I was playing Xbox with some, some of my friends and I drank more than I should have. You know, I woke up the next day and I just felt so sluggish. I didn't want to like I normally wake up in the morning and I just hit the ground running. Like that's very typical of mm-hmm. me. I woke up and I was like, oh, maybe I could like stay in bed a little bit longer. And I think about for a lot of people that drink when, you know, drinking is like a regular part of their routine. Like, yeah, it's, it's no surprise. Are these problems that I'm having, are they the product of my own doing? Can I just change like small little things? Like maybe instead of drinking, you know, two glasses of whiskey before bed, you have one. And even that one makes like a, a little bit of a difference and it makes you feel less you know, shitty the next day or something like that. You know, another big thing obviously is exercising and doing and just getting moving at all. You know, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. what kind. I think that helps a lot of people. You can do small things like that. It'll make you feel better about yourself. That'll slowly, I think with other help, uh, external help, like therapists and, and counselors and things like that, it'll mm-hmm. slowly help you pull yourself out of that. I'm a big proponent of that because I've seen it work for myself and I've seen it work for people closest to me and I always urge people to do things like that because it helps it, it definitely does that's funny that you know you mentioned therapy and stuff like that like I've, I've tried it a couple times in my life when I was yeah. a kid I was like I was kind of mute at one point and I wouldn't oh. speak to anybody really because I mean I'll just be transparent my my father uh, he tried to commit suicide when I was a kid oh I'm so sorry oh uh, no it's it's all good I mean but like so I got thrown into therapy but like my connection with the, the people that you know, supposed to be my therapist. I just didn't connect with them. They're just not my kind of people. Right. And so I kind of like found it through metal. And I think that's kind of like, I'm tying it all together here. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's kind of like people like you, I would relate more to a person like you who actually has like this similar experiences or whatever, you know? Yeah. And that's, I mean, I think that there is a good place for therapists and I think there's a good place for, for anything really. And that works, but you know, what works for you might not work for me and what works for my girlfriend might not work for you, you know, vice versa. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. It's all about, and that's kind of, again, going back to that same, uh, the song masochist healing, like you have to find what it is for yourself. You have to, like you said, you have to become self-aware to find that and to search for that and not give up. That's the other thing. Like it's not mm-hmm. going to, you're not going to find it right away. You have to keep finding that like you stumbled into it and like, look at look at this for example you found metal and that helped you as your therapy right now you have a podcast that you where you interview metal bands like you took something Mm -hmm. that was was tough for you and you turn it into something great and i think that's a really good way to to over to help overcome stuff like that like it's always a battle Mm -hmm. right like it's always a battle but you can help that battle be a little less hard to fight by doing things like that thanks for the kind words no problem man no problem. i mainly started this podcast because all right so i live in charlotte north carolina and i haven't really found like a lot of metalhead type friends and the, yeah. the community <laughs> here is not very big it's it's very right. rural and southern in a lot of ways and um <laughs> you know what i mean so i started the podcast because oh, yeah. i wanted to be able to make friends uh, from afar because i know there's people into my music i'm not stupid do you build a lot of connections with your fans like at yeah. your shows and stuff like that do they come up to you and like hey man i really enjoyed the message what 
what's interesting about that is that, like I said it before with the previous band, is we played live a lot more in that band for a number mm-hmm. of reasons. What's interesting is, and I had a lot of those experiences in that band, a lot mm-hmm. more so than now, because we just don't play live as much with this band. What I will say, and I think what's cool about being able to do virtual things like this is mm-hmm. through social media, I've had a lot of those interactions with people, both currently and in the previous with the other band. And that kind of like gave me that pro- positive reinforcement along the way to like keep doing what I was doing because like my goal at the very beginning, like when I was in high school was like, man, like if I could just like impact like one person to, you know, maybe see themselves in a p- more positive light or, or help themselves, like I would have, I would be so fulfilled in doing that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've had so many conversations with people or just read comments on videos and stuff and just seen how much that's impacted. Like, and don't get me wrong. Like, for me, compared to like the biggest artists out there, it's, it's not even close, but <laughs> having even just a small sliver of that pie mm-hmm. has been so rewarding to myself. I think that getting that kind of reaction from people has been as rewarding as making the music itself. Because like I said, that's been my overall mission in life itself. So like, I'm very grateful for that. So you mentioned like, you guys don't play a lot of live shows like with Tethra or whatever. Yeah, but You guys have a pretty big following. Um, so how did you yeah. gain traction with the band? Learning what not to do and what to do through my seven years in the previous band on Parallel Height. Like mm-hmm. we've made, like for example, we have had more streams in 14 months as a band under Tethra than we did in seven years under Unparalleled Height. And that is because I think of a couple of reasons. The first one is that I learned and we, I should say, we learned how to basically like gain traction. You know, you make, you go for the first thing is you have to write good music. Like, and, I, and in my opinion, and obviously I'm very uh, subjective to this and biased is I think this music is great. I think it's a lot better than what we did in our previous band. We had much more of like a niche focus with it and getting that in front of the right listeners is key. So targeting the right fans, like fans of bands that I think have similar styles to us and that their fans will like that. Mm -hmm. Um, That's kind of where like my marketing mind goes. The other thing is, so our producers who I'm great friends with Grant and Carson, they produce bands like August Burns Red, Polaris. They're doing the new era album, like Moss to Flames new album. They're some of my better friends now. So CJ, my guitarist and like best friend is in the Star Wars band Galactic (laughs) Empire with them. And I went as their tour manager on a European run. It was in 2018. It was an awesome experience, but I just Mm -hmm. learned so much from them then. And then so much like just about writing when I was in the studio, when we were doing this album and we spent the money, we spent the time like investing in that. There's no shortcut to that. Like there's Mm -hmm. no shortcut. Like I... If I didn't have those experiences with the previous band, there's no way that this would have ever had the out of the gate success that it has. And you know, it's so funny, like everything has felt so effortless with this. And I think it's because we know how to promote stuff and just how to bring value to the listeners, right? Like I was kind of talking about before, like if you listen to a song and it has like value to you, you think it's awesome or you think the lyrics are impactful, you're gonna probably share it with people you know. So I think that this music just has a lot more value in it and that value is being shared a lot more. It's just been kind of more organic growth and I'm very grateful for that too. When you've done it previously and it's like, it feels like it's like so much effort and then you kind of sit back and like, there's a lot of legwork and really hard work in writing the album and like improving as a vocalist and stuff like that. But like to sit back and just kind of have that organic growth. Every week I go to like our Instagram or, you know, daily, honestly, or Mm -hmm. our Facebook, there's just people pouring in. We're not running ads. We're not doing anything. Like there's just people finding it and enjoying it. 
Mm-hmm. So it's been, and that was not the case before. You know, we had a large following in a parallel to height. Like, I mean, this is, oh my God, I don't even want to talk about this, but we had our <laughs> Facebook hacked, okay? And oh, in that band, this is part of the reason why we rebranded. And we had like 45,000 likes. And mm-hmm. somehow somebody wiped out all of our posts, all of our videos. Like, mm-hmm. you know, some of these videos had like a million views, right? right. All of our videos, all of our thing, And then somehow we, we our, our likes dropped to like 18,000. This is like when Facebook was getting hacked a lot. This was a couple mm-hmm. years ago. So much effort to build up to that 40,000 fans and they just weren't as engaged. Like now we have somewhere around like 3,600 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And those people are engaged. They're like eagerly waiting new music and stuff like that. Again, just I'm extremely grateful for that. I'm extremely grateful for that. Like we sell merch a lot more and mm-hmm. people are very supportive. Like I said, I'm just extremely grateful because it's a great feeling to have that hard work pay off like that. I liked how you said that basically doubled down on your niche or whatever. Right. You know, I see a lot of bands, they kind of get constructive criticism. They're like, you know, from one song to the next, it's like a different band. Yeah. Do you think it's very important to stay within your catalog for your fans? Actually, I have two different opinions on that. There's like an interesting, at being an artist is an interesting dynamic. Like if you want to have success, like being an artist, there's a difference between this again might piss some people off there's a difference between approaching something and just writing it and being like i don't care how successful this is i'm just putting this music out and i I don't really care right Mm -hmm. and then there's a difference between that and there and then there's being like i want this to be successful and not for like for selfish reasons like i want to be famous or whatever like for me it's because i think that the music has value Right. Like I think that right. it brings inherent value through not only the sonic quality of it, but the lyrical component. Again, I'm biased. I, I wrote a lot of it. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, you have to like walk in a fine line with that. I do this with a lot of stuff. Like I do web design, I do video, I do, you know, like I said, I'm writing a book, things like that. Like you can't just do anything because it becomes a mess, so to speak. Right. Now, I think our debut album is actually kind of experimental, but it's not like one song's like a country song and then one song's like a metalcore song. It's like, there's a lot of different styles within in like metalcore framework. And I think that people enjoy that because it's not like every song is the same type of thing, right? Like that kind of annoys me, to be honest right. with you. Like, yeah. I, like it, I like when bands step out of the comfort zone and are a little bit more experimental. Now, our main flagship singles are pretty like straight up metalcore, you know, but I think they're still unique for a couple of reasons. But like the album as a whole is more experimental. Like, for example, it kind of reminds me, I mean, it doesn't sound like this, but it just reminds me of like the experimental nature of a band like Periphery, where like they're willing to work within a certain framework, whereas like, you know, and I love both of these bands equally, Periphery and Azalea Dying. You know what you're getting with Azalea Dying. It's going to be metalcore riffs, awesome screaming, great catchy choruses. You know, mm-hmm. some of our singles are like that and some of them are more experimental. I think that like, as long as you stay true to your main sound, you can still be experimental within that framework, you know, and try mm-hmm. different things. But like when you make like a complete band transformation, like, a, you know, I, um, asking Alexandria or somebody like that, like that's, mm-hmm. that's a little bit different. Yeah. They seem to be really upsetting metalcore Twitter right now because <laughs> I'm, I'm all over Twitter. Yeah, and- right. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, so did you enjoy the new album? Did you check it out? Um, somebody actually just asked me that the other day. I, to be honest with you, haven't listened to it much. Uh, I kind of knew from the singles what I was getting with that. And yeah, it's not that I don't appreciate that. Like I, I definitely do. And again, might piss people off, but making money is a part of it. And for those guys, this is their career. And mm-hmm. it's hard to make like 
the kind of living that those guys probably want making straight up metalcore stuff. Like, Oh yeah. Just being real with you guys. Like that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. how it works. And mm-hmm. they saw, and when you get to that level, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of things that impact your decision-making on what to write other than just sitting down and picking up a guitar or a piece of pen and paper and being like, I'm just going to write what I want. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> that's why those guys have side projects and stuff like that to write what they want. And you know, and the other thing is too, and I don't even think I, it, it just has to do with the money thing. You know, when you're 18, the kind of music you're going to write then and want to write then is going to be a lot different than when you're 30 or 26 or whatever. Like you change over time as a person and that influences how you approach writing and how you, how you write in general, because your life experiences change and your, your desires to write certain kind of music change too. That's kind of what I put on Twitter. Cause you know, I had to get my opinion about the new album. Course, I checked yeah. it out and um, I don't think it's bad that it's accessible. And I think people are using commercial as like a derogatory word or something like that. But I mean, you could easily replace that word with catchy, yeah. you know? So I don't think it's a bad thing. And I think it's going to help people segue into heavier music. That's exactly cause... right. It's like a, it's like a gateway into that kind of music. Cause people go listen to that and then go look at their older stuff and be like, Whoa, <laughs> how do they get it you know same thing with bring me the horizon i think that's another example of that yeah perfect yeah do you still listen to those kind of bands or did you outgrow them as well no i i listen to all that stuff still it's funny because like as i've gotten older i've listened to heavier stuff mm-hmm. and i think a lot of it has to do with just working out and things like that you know i find myself listening to heavier stuff and then i also find myself listening to like the complete opposite spectrum of that mm-hmm. you know like like pop uh, music yeah like pop and like a lot of like i'm very big fan of like retro wave like synth wave stuff like the oh, midnight cool. and things like that i find myself being on very broad spectrum and honestly that's something that i think makes you even better of a writer one thing i really learned from grant who does my vocal production is how to write choruses the way he approaches writing choruses is kind of how pop artists approach writing stuff like that because it's catchy there's a certain like methodology to getting to there that's kind of universally used across country or pop metal whatever and that's why for example so many pop covers sound so sweet as so many pop songs sound so good as metal covers because they're really written a lot in the same way it's just Mm -hmm. there's a lot of differences obviously but like the kind of the structure is is sometimes pretty similar bands like you know your band or whatever uh, would you consider yourself like melodic metalcore i would definitely say that's a pretty accurate depiction i think one thing that it really makes us unique versus some other metalcore bands is the guitar work i mean oh yeah you guys are nasty cj i've been friends with him since i was in seventh grade Uh, actually way earlier than that third or fourth grade but what i was gonna say is we started playing guitar on the same time as seventh grade he just became obsessed with it more so than me i was playing a lot of sports and stuff around the time he was so good even at you know like 10th 11th 12th grade and that's kind of (laughs) when me cj um, my guitarist and then our uh drummer justin welling from uh, unparalleled height we were all jamming i was playing guitar cj was playing guitar and this is when we were like 11th grade going into 12th grade we kind of were all looking at each other like okay we want to have a band but who's gonna sing you know i had been like practicing in my room and i sucked at the time and i'm like you know what i'm just gonna do it i don't care i'm just gonna do it i don't Mm -hmm. care what anybody thinks of it and uh i did it basically from there on i kind of like pigeonholed myself as a vocalist and he continued with guitar. I mean, he's honestly, I think, one of the better players in the genre, to be, to be completely honest with you. And yeah, he's really um, good. I mean, even even guys like JB from August Burns Red and, and a lot of other really good players like look up to him and say, like, that kid can shred. Like, he's mm-hmm. just a very good player. And he's worked extremely hard for it. So it's mm-hmm. not like he was just born with it. He worked very hard for it. So 
I think that's one of the things like his solos, I think really set our style apart from a lot of other things. And I should also say that he wrote a large majority of the music in our stuff. So he's a very talented writer too. Since you were kind of talking about being kids, uh, explain what it was like growing up in Pittsburgh from your perspective. (laughs) (laughs) So it was, it was interesting. I mean, we're all from the same general area, like Western Pennsylvania, which is Pittsburgh. I live like five minutes away from CJ growing up here, you know, like sports are like the, and I'm sure it's like that in Charlotte where you are too, like sports mm-hmm. are like the Holy grail. Right? right. And I played a ton of sports. I was very competitive, played a lot of high level sports, basketball, baseball, hockey. I did not play football. My dad played in college. He like tore his hamstring and stuff. He didn't like encourage me to go away from it, but he didn't encourage me to go to it either. You know, growing up here was very much like that. Uh, more like of a rural suburban area, much like yourself, like what you're talking about. I listened to a ton of metal and only some of my friends did. Like I, I was, I've, and I still to this day have had a very, very wide, diverse type of friend group. You know, mm-hmm. only some people listen to metal, but I found those people who liked that stuff. And we just started playing music together and jamming. And that's what became Unparalleled Height. And to this day, kind of ripple effect into Tethra. And that kind of has taken CJ and myself and put, especially him, put him in the driver's seat to, I mean, you know, Galactic has toured all over the US, all over Europe. They've been to Japan, like, you know, Australia. So, you know, kind of just putting yourself in that position. And, um, you know, like I said, for myself, going as a tour manager with Galactic to to Europe, just all the experiences that come with writing and releasing the music and stuff like that has been extremely rewarding. And I always think back to like, you know, if we just decided not to jam together, like that probably would have never happened, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> you know, things keep changing and evolving and, and new opportunities keep coming. So who knows what the future holds. But like I said, I mean, it's just kind of crazy to think about that. Like one small decision kind of ripples into everything else. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. It's kind um, of hard to, it's, it's pretty crazy. Like, you know, when you, you don't think about that stuff, like when you're starting your podcast, like mm-hmm. you never know what's going to happen, who you're going to interview that knows, you know, this guy or that guy, and then <laughs> yeah. you become friends with him. And life is a weird thing, man. And yeah, dude. It, things just open doors yeah. that you never see. And it's kind of it's pretty cool. It's cool. I mean, I feel that way with the podcast. I mean, yeah. it's, it's just kind of just worked. I didn't, you know, I, yeah. I had to work hard initially, but now it's gotten to this point where, you know, people hit me up and they want to talk to me and I'm like, wow, you right. want to, you want to talk to me? Like, <laughs> it's a cool feeling, right? Because yeah. your, your work's being, you know, valued, you, like you, you're working so hard to put it out there and then people recognize that value and they're like, oh damn, like I want to, I want to get on the show or I want to do that. And it's cool to feel mm-hmm. that, you know? Yeah, definitely. I want it to be a platform for newer metalcore bands. Like my niche is metalcore. When I started off, I was kind of all over the place, like you said. And um, I I, I wasn't gaining any traction because my fan base really liked metalcore. And that's really what I'm into, honestly. So like, you know, I had to double down on that because I I have to give the people what they want, you know? That's right, man. And and that's that's the difference, like I was saying, between making a podcast for parents to listen to versus like bringing (laughs) value to other people, you know, and that, that kind of is, is a different thing there. And you have to kind of experiment, like you have to experiment to figure that out. Like anybody can tell you that you just have to experiment and figure that out. And then you kind of see the trade off with that. I love that you said that. Cause like, now I'm just like, all right, now I'm, totally justified in my decision now you know what i mean i'm like all right, don't take my word for it you know better than me i I just was saying you know that's i think that's a good way of looking at things definitely dude um so like what were your influences growing up i have to ask yeah so i mean when i got into writing and playing at first it was very much like completely sonic perspective it was like avenge sevenfold bullet my valentine 
Mm-hmm. Trivium bands like that and like as a vocalist like M Shadows at, at first like there's pictures of me from my old <laughs> band like I, I dress completely like him what's interesting as an artist or just in general is like I think when you're younger you start you try to like embody the people you look up to like you dress like them you try to mm-hmm. write music like them and then eventually after doing all that and kind of just stumbling your way forward you start writing stuff that's more original and like true mm-hmm. to yourself like I find myself now after I can't even believe I'm about to say it's like almost 10 years of making music I don't have to lurk externally for influences you know I, I can just sit down and very quickly come up with vocal parts or lyrics or song ideas or whatever and if I did not do that embodying or or, <laughs> or inadvertently embodying and everybody does it like um, oh, yeah, yeah. like there is no way like everybody's influenced and especially when you're first doing it you don't know how to write songs you don't know how to do that you're kind of just doing it and figuring it out and then the bands that you like the most and the people you look up to the most you're going to be more influenced by them you know mm-hmm. so yeah very much like those like 2005 era metal bands were very influential on me so like where did the band name come from this is a interesting story the old band on parallel height was constantly misspelled we had a song uh one of our singles embrace the storm featured on world series of fighting on nbc sports like four or five different times every single time it was on there it, the name was spelled differently like misspelled obviously we're extremely infuriated by that because that's a huge platform for exposure and then suddenly they're misspelling the name. So if somebody wanted to go look us up, they couldn't find it. Like people had a hard time pronouncing it and, and looking it up. We're going to choose something much simpler. Yeah, yeah. And we kind of just like made a list of a bunch of names that we kind of liked and like the meanings. We determined that this one just kind of flowed off the tongue the best. Mm-hmm. And it was simple to the point. It derives from Norse mythology, which is like a, like an Irish like type of deal. And I'm actually Irish, part Irish, believe it or not. I can't tell by my dark skin. So we kind of just settled that name and we kind of tossed it around to some people that wanted us to change our name in the first place who <laughs> were pretty smart music people. And mm-hmm. they liked it. Now, the problem with that is that there's another band called tethra yeah 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 yeah. did you find that okay (laughs) yeah yeah so at first (laughs) we had an interesting encounter with them that i'm not going to really share but (laughs) um we ended up getting a trademark and we're good with the name but it's funny like they've existed for a while we just right out of the gate blew them out of the water in terms of streams and and stuff like that but it's still kind of confusing because when you search on google both things come up Mm -hmm. that kind of sucks but we just loved the name so much that we didn't really care. To be honest with you, did we know that ahead of time? Yeah, but they hadn't put music out in like years. So we figured they were done. It's not like we it's not like I found them and then copied the name. Yeah. I found the name. I loved it. We loved mm. it. We said we're gonna do it. And then like we didn't care because we know I know how that stuff works. Like if you search on Spotify for Tethra or on YouTube for Tethra, we're coming up because we have all the streams and all the views and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, this band's not even from our country. They're from another area. They were non-existent. And then all of a sudden they decided to start releasing music again. So whatever, <laughs> but I don't really care about that. I just think the, the name means a lot to us. And it's, it was important for us to kind of get a name more like that. That was simpler, rolled off tongue more. So that's kind of how we got the name in a roundabout way. <laughs> that's interesting story, dude, for real. Cause there's another native diamond and it's like a beauty thing or whatever. Right, right, right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I feel on that i'm just like all right hey the only way that make it you know and that thing i would always say with that is like who cares like make yours the native diamond right like (laughs) like, when people think of native diamond make them think of this podcast who cares about the other one you know (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) yeah we're not fighting over here that's right (laughs) hey so what's the biggest show that you guys have played so i'm trying to i mean a biggest show i'll I'll use one for myself actually like and it was in the previous band with uh oddly enough it was with uh nikki six is 6 a.m it was uh 
Wow. Pretty, pretty big show. It was mm-hmm. at least 4,000, three, 4,000 people. It was a pretty big show. Sure. Um, we actually won a contest to open for them and it was, it was pretty sweet. And then I think I could speak for, for, for CJ, the biggest show he's ever played. I mean, we're talking 30, 35,000 people probably in Japan Jeez. Uh, with Galactic Empire. Oh yeah. Huge. And then like when I was with Galactic for that European run, Grass Pop was massive. Uh, that's in Belgium. And the headliners for that were Iron Maiden and Avenged Sevenfold that night. <laughs> And they played like first. We figured like, oh, like there's not gonna be that many people to show up, whatever. We're like getting set up there, doing sound check, and then there was like six people watching. And then as soon as they were about to play, walked out there. I like walked out to make sure everything was set up. Mm. The whole place was just packed, like probably twenty thousand people. It was ridiculous. It was awesome. awesome. So cool. Yeah. Hell yeah. So this is like something that's on the show, but you got, (laughs) you got to share the the funniest road story you got. I'll share two real quick. The first one, I think every band's experienced this. Tetra blends into Unparalleled Height, kind of rebranded. That's why I'm using this one. Most of the funnier stories kind of come from that band because we were younger and just dumber and stuff. So we went down (laughs) and we played, we played a show in DC. We got there and they're like, yeah, the show's canceled. We're like, what the fuck? Like, are you kidding me? So we ended up going and just playing for like the sound guy and the other bands there again every every band has experienced this yeah um and it was a good time we met some good people and stuff but then we like were we're like okay we're in dc mostly guys have never been there i have family like very close there so i've been there quite a few times Mm -hmm. um we're like walking around downtown and this cat is like following us like this like (laughs) this young kitten and we're like the hell like we just can't like let this kitten go unattended so we actually took the kitten and we took it with us in our van and we ended up going we stayed with my aunt actually who lived like right outside of dc we had the kitten there and it like slept in the garage that night and then we <laughs> took it back and to this day cj still has the cat and that was probably <laughs> four or five <laughs> years ago um so you know the show wasn't great but we ended up you know having a good experience with getting the cat um <laughs> another one is oh he's gonna kill me for saying this but we were actually out for uh have you ever heard of nam do you know what that is yeah yeah this uh-huh. isn't really a road story as much as it, it was actually like a travel experience but we were out there for nam it was like everybody excluding our drummer was there and this was again year this was years ago and uh we were sponsored i i don't know if you remember this time period where this there was this cold cock whiskey have you ever heard of that do you no i have is? not no Okay, so there was like a time where they were they were sponsoring like every band, right? You know, we had like an endorsement with them, which was a joke in and of itself. Mm-hmm. But we were out at Nam, and they were putting on like a party. And I'm not going to say who did this or anything, but we were out there. It was a big time party. Like I remember talking with uh, the drummer from Azalea Dying. I'm drawing a blank on his name, but the guy with the real long like beard chops or whatever. But talking with him, and then Dan Jacobs from Atreyu, and there was a, there was a lot of cool people there that we were talking with. Mm-hmm. One of the guys in our band for some reason, got in an argument with the main rep from Coldcock and took his drink and just threw it in her face. Oh, my God. And you can imagine. So we're, like, standing outside and we're, like, talking to these people. And suddenly he comes up to us and is like, we got to get out of here now. I'm like, why? What's going on? He's like, no, no, I, I can't even I can't even really tell you what happened. We just have to leave and I'll tell you, like, when it happened well we ended up leaving this party was in santa Ana, and we were staying in anaheim california where the nam was taking place and like the whole reason we went to this in the first place was to network and things like mm-hmm. that with you know the companies for endorsements and, and stuff like that and Colcock, because we were like nobody at the time they were nice enough to like bring us out to bring us out there and like introduce us to people and stuff next thing i know like in their drunken state one of the guys in the band just like threw this drink in the face 
Well, oh my God. we go back to our shitty hotel room <laughs> at the Budget Inn. And what do you know? This person is staying next to us. Oh, and no. the room next to us. And we didn't know that at the time. So we get back and they come in, they're like arguing with us. Next thing I knew, they woke up, like the guy who messed up, him and one of the other guys in the band, woke up at like 6.30 in the morning, went out and bought a bunch of roses <laughs> and put them in front of the door, knocked, and then left a note saying like, we will take you to breakfast, uh, blah, blah, blah. They ended up taking them to breakfast. I slept in, I didn't care. And then uh, <laughs> everything kind of smoothed itself out. But it was just so insane because there I was like finally like meeting all these people that I wanted to network with and stuff. And then it got ruined like in a, in a split <laughs> second all the way across the country. Ridiculous. Another good tour story I have though is actually not from this band. It's from Galactic Empire. Mm -hmm. We were in Europe and um, <laughs> this cracks me up. And uh, we were at Grass Pop. It was in Belgium and less than Jake. Are you familiar with them? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I, I was out, so this is funny. Since I was a tour manager, I got all of the payments and like the, the drink tokens for a lot of these places. I, I got to ration them out. So I <laughs> I rationed out the drink tokens, but I kept like most, a lot of them for myself and for <laughs> like CJ and one of the other guys. So we got very drunk, okay? And we came back to the bus trashed. There was like a couple people on the bus that I, I didn't know. Like I'm like, you know, introducing myself, like, you know, super outgoing, like, hey, what's up, man? And uh, one of them, was i don't remember who exactly which one it was but it was a guy from hollywood undead i think josh from silverstein and then somebody from less than jake our merch guy who's one of my good friends he was trying to smoke weed but it wasn't even like real weed it was like cbd weed out of an apple that we had the, this cbd weed that we got in switzerland out of an apple outside of the bus and they walked up to him and they were like hey what are you, what are you doing dude like what's going on he's like well we don't have any like real weed and we don't have any like we don't have like a bong or whatever and they're like you care if we come in you know i'm not even gonna say who gave what or anything like yeah, that yeah. but not throwing anybody on their bus but it was an awesome experience because we i just got to hang out with a lot of those guys that you know i'd been listening to for for years it was an awesome experience it was just so funny because like i could just imagine them like being such seasoned tour veterans like seeing you know this this guy like trying to smoke out of an apple like what the hell are you doing you know let me help you out but it was it was it was pretty funny i mean i could go on all day about this stuff but it tour mm -hmm. is like the best thing in the world it really is as like your opportunities grow and stuff you can kind of choose to have more fun like that but back in mm -hmm. the like when we were younger we didn't do as much of that stuff because you literally just couldn't afford to you know so it's mm -hmm. just it was interesting so you guys are unsigned right now correct yeah that's by our choice i will say yeah we had two labels reach out after our album came out and it did pretty well but the deals are just weren't that great would you rather stay unsigned i guess no it depends like it depends on mm -hmm. the offer like i mean we have enough business sense now to know like what a good offer looks like there's good labels right but a lot mm -hmm. of them are existing because and they make their money by getting artists to sign really shitty deals so yeah you know um you don't need a label to do well i mean mm -hmm. and that's kind of the thing like i i always in the older band you know always looking for a label and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting to put music out. like now it's just like no don't do that. You can get the music video shot. You can market it yourself. You can get the good music done. Like the only thing a label really has to offer at this point is if they're really big, if they have the right connections for touring or you're kind of in a financially tight position, they'll front the money, but you still have to owe it back, you know? So yeah. not really the best uh, situation in that case. Are you guys doing well with like streaming royalties or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, actually. Yeah. So, I mean, as well as you can expect, right? Like, I mean, mm -hmm. streaming does not pay like that much money, but Right. I mean, again, we're more, we're like making some decent money to the point where 
we don't have to put our own money into the marketing or into recording the music as of right now. Like we're making it back from doing that. We're not at the point yet where like, you know, I don't know how much you know about this, but recording an, a full album with legit producers is pretty expensive. So we're not at the point yet where we can like completely pay that off type of thing, but we're generating some good money. We're doing as well as I could expect a band in our position to do. That's what I, that's how I would characterize it. Mm -hmm. How old are you guys? If you don't mind me asking. Um, I'm 26. CJ, our guitarist is 26. I think our drummer Seth's also 26. And then our bassist Marshall, 27 or 28. That's cool, dude. Cause like a lot of guys are like around my, I'm 29, but like, you know, okay, yeah, we're, we're all in the later twenties. It seems like, like a lot of these bands I yeah. interviewed, we're all like the same age. Well, it's pretty. like, because the, like, I mean, you have to stick it out to, to kind of see it pay off, you know, and mm -hmm. whether you're, you know, rebranding or you're just in the same project and continuing it, like it takes time to see that stuff pay off. Like, you know, you think when you're 18 years old, like, oh yeah, I'm gonna blow up. <laughs> and that does happen to some bands, but the majority of them, it's like they build over time and they build over time. And the more you like learn of their stories, you kind of see like, oh yeah, they kind of went through the same thing as me with this. And it kind of is reassuring with that. And to be honest with you, that same thing is true in anything I've ever done. Bodybuilding, um, you know, working for myself. Like it takes time to build these things up over time. And like mm -hmm. a lot of people get upset because they don't see the results and they don't see the payoff like right away. And it's just a fact of life. It doesn't work like that. It's a lot more rewarding when you stick it out too. If it happened right away, like you wouldn't feel as good about it because you didn't work as hard for it. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's cool to see that there's a lot of people like, you know, our age, like sticking it out for, you know. Mm -hmm. How long have you guys been at it? Tethra launched in March of 2019. But collectively, CJ and myself have been making music together since 2011. I want to ask you this. Uh, yeah. Do you have any guilty pleasures as far as music? Something you're not proud to admit? Oh, a lot of them. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, not that I'm not even proud to admit them. Like, I don't even care really. I like a lot of pop stuff, like more so now. Like, I like a lot of like Ariana Grande, Taylor Swift. I do like a lot of female pop artists a lot. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm not ashamed to admit it. <laughs> <laughs> That's dope, dude. Yeah. Dude, time is flying by, so I'm, I'm going to have to start wrapping it up here soon. Sure, no but, problem. Um, so, like, I like to ask this to a lot of guys in the community. What would be, like, one thing you would want to change about the metal community? I would want people to be nicer to each other. There is just a lot of, like, very strong opinions about certain subgenres and artists and stuff like that, and that's fine. That's good. Mm -hmm. The reason people are so passionate, I mean, so strongly opinionated about it is because they're passionate about it, which I understand. Want people to be nicer to each other, particularly for the reason we talked about it first, which is a lot of people in this community are struggling. I think if we approach things in a better way than that and weren't like as, you know, just mean to each other about stuff. We have more, if you, if you like deathcore and you don't like gent, you have more in common than the people outside of the community who like country and hate metal as a whole. So <laughs> yeah. you should see those people as your friends and people that even if you don't like exactly the same kind of music, you can help each other and, and be friends with each other regardless. That's such a valid point. I love that. Cause it's like, do we all like the same kind of stuff in right. a roundabout way or not? Right. You know, so why Absolutely. pass hate, you know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to end it in a fun okay. way because you know, we started it in a fun way. So <laughs> we're just right. going to go out that way. Say you're on death row, hypothetically speaking. Okay. okay? Yeah. And, and I'm going to grant you one thing that you can have right before your execution. What would you want? I would want to be able to have the ability to, watch my life as a movie like in a two-hour segment the that's highlights true. the lowlights and all of that that's what i would want to do i'd want to also do that with 
people that are closest to me, friends and family. So that's what I would want to do. That's really dope, man. I don't think I, I would never thought of that. That's awesome. <laughs> I don't know. I just I thought off the cuff. Of my, at first, I was like maybe Chipotle, uh, <laughs> yeah. But I, I I think that would be a really cool thing to do. I think that would, regardless of if you're mm-hmm. on death row or at the end of your life in general. <laughs> <laughs> man, I really appreciate it, man. Time has flown. Like we're just talking, that's right. and it's like I you're mean, having a good time. We we could do that again anytime you wanted to. So absolutely. Uh, any final thoughts? Anything you want to leave behind for the viewers? Obviously, I have to do. I have to shamelessly plug ourselves here. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. You know, you can find us on Instagram at Tethra Band, on Facebook at Tethra Band, on any of the streaming platforms. Just search Tethra. Make sure you click the one with the good-looking dudes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, make sure. No, but seriously, we have a debut album out. It's just self-titled called Tethra. Give that a listen. I think there's a lot of different. Like I was talking about before, it's kind of an experimental thing. But also, you know, come follow us, come join along. We love talking to people. We're very thankful. If you're listening to this and you're a current fan or you've never heard of us, thank you for making it this far in and bearing with me <laughs> through this. <laughs> but let's be honest, you're only here because of Seth, because he's a nice guy. And oh, you're just listening to me bullshit. But um, <laughs> whatever. But yeah, man, that's the, the and the last thing, like I said, and the message I kind of want to give is like, mm-hmm. I know that a lot of people listening to this are probably listening to, to it during quarantine and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you know, make sure you're just treating yourself good, you know, listen mm-hmm. to music as much as you can, podcasts, you know, talk to yourself a little bit better and and don't be afraid to ask for help because it's a very, very, very challenging time. I'll speak for myself. I'm always willing to talk to anybody about anything they're going through. You know, you can reach out to me, the David J. Kelly on Instagram. And I'm more than happy to talk to you about whatever you're going through because we need support from one another right now and Mm -hmm. uh it's a very trying time so don't be afraid to ask for help from me from your parents from your friends whoever sick dude well thank you for being on the show that was david kelly from the band tethra the tethra so go check them out they're awesome they're dope what a super dope guy thank you guys again or thank you for being on the show representing your friends thanks man um it was it was a real pleasure man hey let me know if there's anything i can do for you in the future too Likewise, likewise. Well, that pretty much does it for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Please like the video and subscribe. That way you don't miss a new episode of Native Native Diamond Diamond Podcast. Podcast. And until I see you guys on a future video, shine Shine on.